Hey guys, welcome to the Fellowship Greenville Students Podcast. This week, our pastoral intern, Danny, spoke from Luke 15 on the story of the prodigal son. In this story, we see a beautiful picture of a gracious father and how that picture can help us more clearly see God as a gracious father. Follow along with this story and we hope you enjoy the message. Morning, FG students. It's good to see you guys here. Um, bear with me because my voice is a little bit hoarse today. Um, so just kind of just bear with me. Um, it's great to see you guys this morning. This is my first time like teaching in front of middle schoolers, so it's exciting. I'm really excited to be here and to have the opportunity to do this. So last week in our first part of the series this summer, Our Father Delighting in Who God Is, Micah talked about the attribute of God's kindness and how Jesus in his kindness sees us in our mess, steps into our mess, and refuses to leave us there. No matter what our circumstances look like, God never acts outside of, our kind, of his kindness. Micah, you did such an amazing God job displaying the attribute of God's kindness. Um, everybody say thank you, Micah. Oh, come on, come on. Let's do it again. Everybody say thank you, Micah. There we go. <laughs> now, this week, I get the privilege to talk about God's grace. Um, everybody look to your neighbor and say, grace. Okay, come on. You got to do it again. Everybody say, grace. There we go. Now, what is grace, you may ask or may be wondering? Well, grace is God's favor um, <clears throat> toward the unworthy or God's benevolence um, on the undeserving. In his grace, God is willing to forgive us and bless us, despite the fact that we fall short um, of living righteously. But before I talk about grace more, I want to talk about a little bit about me so you guys know a little bit more about who I am, because this is my first time. Um, so once again, I'll have like some pictures on the screen, but once again, my name is Danny. Um, there should be a picture on the slide of me. Uh, up at camp. <laughs> it's a funny picture, so I was getting a little rowdy there. Um, that was up in PA at a summer camp last summer. Um, and as you can see, I don't have long hair anymore. Um, but so moving on, originally I'm from Kennesaw, Georgia. Um, and then there's a map of where Georgia is. If you guys don't know where Georgia is, <laughs> um, we're like best buds, South Carolina and Georgia. Raise your hand if uh, you guys have been to Georgia before. Okay, sick. Let's go. Do we have any, like, geography buffs in the room? Anybody who likes geography? Okay, Micah. Micah's the only one. What's your name? Joshua. Joshua. Let's go, Joshua. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, Kennesaw, if you know, which is where I'm from, if you know anything about Kennesaw. Excuse me, let me take a drink of this. <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> if you know anything about Kennesaw, there's this really big school there called KSU, and there's like 35,000 students that go there. And I just wanted to add that in because that's like five minutes from my house. And I was like, okay, there we go. Um, there's a lot of students that go there. Um, moving on. So I was born and raised there in Kennesaw until I graduated high school. And for the following uh, two years, I did something called One Life Institute. Um, <clears throat> and moving on from that, there should be a picture of my family. Um, so that is my mom, Suzanne, on the right, and my dad, Dan, on the left. 
<clears throat> and one funny thing about my dad is we have the same name. I'm, I like to say I'm pretty much a copy and pasted version of my dad because I'm the second. And so we have the same name. And then uh, there's Aaron and Anna in the middle there. And so I love my family. I've been blessed to have a family like them, and I'm super thankful for them. <clears throat> um, and then one thing I love to do is play basketball. So I put a little video for you guys together of me just like playing. <laughs> it's like a little TikTok. Um, that's just me shooting a bunch of threes. Um, there's another three. <laughs> oh, wait, you guessed it. There's another three. Oh, it's me dribbling behind my back like 15 times. Oh, you couldn't guess it. Oh, there we go. There we go again. Oh, step back. Oh, there we go. <laughs> um, so I love playing basketball. Um, I just grew up my whole life playing. It was always just so much fun for me. Um, but now all those like pictures seem like very happy and exciting and fun. And now you may know a little bit more about me. Um, but like my life growing up wasn't and currently isn't always sunshine and rainbows. Um, so I grew up going to church, but that did not mean I was always a good person, to say the least. Have you guys like heard of the Ten Commandments? Maybe raise your hand if you've heard the Ten heard of the Ten Commandments. Well, to say the least, I pretty much broke like almost every single one of these. Um, <clears throat> I did not treat people kindly. I would say very mean things and hurt people with my words. I would lie to my parents, and I was just very selfish with my time and my possessions. Um, and I could keep going on and on about how bad the things that I've done were and still are. Um, and I've currently and have in the past felt a lot of shame and a lot of guilt for those things that I have done because it's honestly just sinning against the Lord, sinning against God. But <clears throat> I'm going to pause there. I'm sure like you guys could relate with me. You may have done something that isn't kind or that was selfish. Maybe this week or even you recently lied to your parents about something that you may be feeling shame and guilt about this morning. Um, so the question that I have for you guys is what sin in your life do you have a lot of shame and guilt about? And take a second and just think about what, what sin um, that you have a lot of shame and guilt about for a second. So we'll just pause. <clears throat> and if it helps, you can close your eyes. Just think about this week even. So now, now that you have that in mind, uh, think about this. You guys ready? Pay attention, listen to this, here we go. What does God think about you and your sin? That's the question we have today. That should be up on the slide in the back. What does God think about all the things you have done wrong and all the times that you have messed up? <clears throat> well, the answer to that question is in a parable that Jesus shared with his disciples and the Pharisees um, that we will be getting to next. 
But before we dive into the word, I'm going to pray for us. So everybody bow your heads, close your eyes. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for just giving us life today, giving us another day to to breathe, giving us hearts that are beating. Um, God, thank you for the opportunity to open your word and hear from you. I pray that we would be open, our hearts and our minds and our ears would be open to what you're trying to speak to us. And I pray that you would transform us this morning and that we would come out loving you more than we had before. In Jesus' name. So if you have your Bible, go ahead and open to Luke chapter 15. If you don't have a Bible, no worries. The tech team in the back has slides. Everybody give a round of applause for the tech team in the back. They're just killing it with all the slides. Um, They just do such a great job. Love you guys. So Luke chapter 15, starting in verse 11. Here we go. Starting in verse 11, be there or be square. This is the parable of the lost son in the NIV translation. Bear with me. So, Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So, he divided his property between them. Let me pause there. In that time period and context, if a son came to a father and asked for his inheritance, that was a shocking request which meant he was basically saying, I wish you were dead. I wish you that my father was dead. He technically was not entitled to any inheritance while his father still lived. But the father in this story graciously fulfills that request, giving him his full share, which would have been one third of the entire estate. Do you guys know what um, your grandparents or parents have? It's something called a will Raise your hand if you know what a will is. Okay, let's go. Um, well, if you don't, I can explain. It is basic, a will is everything that your parents or grandparents own. It's all of their houses, all of their cars, all of their valuables and where it's going and to which children it's going to go to. <clears throat> so it's, once they pass away, basically. So the will is for everything that they own once they pass away. And so in this story, it's, it's basically, if you relate it to nowadays, it's basically saying like, hey, hey, dad, hey, grandpa, hey, hey mom, hey, grandma, uh, can I have everything that you were going to give me once you pass away right now? Uh, and just like go ahead and asking for it in the moment, not caring that they're still alive and you technically can't get it because they're still there. Um, that's literally wishing they were dead. Um, and just from that, it's obvious, like, that's not a very cool thing to do. Um, so the, no props for the son in this story. So verse 13 in your Bibles on the screen. <clears throat> not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, <clears throat> excuse me, and there squandered his wealth and wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. Verse 15, so he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. Now, pausing there again, 
If you guys look up here, pigs, if, to feed pigs in that culture was the worst sort of job you could have. Um, and the reason why is because this was like the worst thing for Jesus's Jewish audience that he was speaking to. Pigs were the worst sort of unclean animals because they were scavengers, and they still are, which means they literally eat anything. And I know... I don't need to go too much farther, but your boy ain't eating literally anything, but these pigs definitely will. Um, I don't think you guys will literally eat anything. Just imagine. Like, would you want to eat literally anything? Like, you could think of some things that probably wouldn't be very tasty to eat if you had to eat anything. <clears throat> and so, in this story, the son is literally starving to death. Um, and no one is feeding him. And he can't eat the, the pig's food, so he's, like, stuck so now, if you have your Bibles, verse 17. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So the son realized how not smart he had been, excuse me, and he also understood the depth at which he had sinned against his dad. Verse 20, so he, he got up and went to his father, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. Now, keep in mind, this is the same father that the son wished he was dead. Now, imagine if you were a father or you were a mother in this story and your son took all of your money, all your valuables that you were supposed to give him once you pass away right now and he wasted it and <laughs> wished you were dead, basically. Would you be doing the same thing that the father's doing in this story right now? I know I probably wouldn't, but <clears throat> verse 21 the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Let's pause there again. His father saw him clearly in the story. He had been waiting and looking for his son and his return. The father's eagerness and joy at his son's return is unmistakable. And this is the magnificent attribute of God that sets him apart from all the false gods invented by men. He's not, God is not indifferent or hostile, but he is a savior by nature. He's longing to see the sinners repent and rejoicing when they do. God has been and will be seeking to save sinners. <clears throat> and he rejoices each time when one repents and one is converted. Verse 22. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. <clears throat> let's have a feast and let's celebrate for my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. But meanwhile, the older brother who was in the field still when he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. 
So he called on one of the servants and asked him, what is going on? Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf, which because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father came out and pleaded with him. Verse 29, but he answered with his father, look, all these years I've been slaving away for you and I never disobeyed your orders. You never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who squandered, who wasted your money, your property, your inheritance, uh, goes and sins against you, (laughs) and he comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him? Verse 31, my son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we have to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So that was a lot. That was like 20 verses. But pay attention to this. God, despite our sin and shame, chooses to have grace on us, on you and I, when we recognize our sin and our need for him. God, despite our sin and our shame, chooses to have grace on us when we recognize our sin and our need for him every day. That is the first point that I want you guys to take away. You see, even though I messed up and I lied to my parents and I didn't treat people kindly and I ran from God with my actions, he still chose to have grace on me and love me. You see, I sinned a lot growing up. I ran um, from God and I broke almost every single commandment, like I said, if not all of them. And, but the thing is, once I like realized how terrible the things that I did were and recognized my need for God to transform my life from sin, that's when everything changed. I had to repent and turn back to God. God was all I had. So even when you don't have it all together, even when you lie and you cheat and you steal and you look at things you shouldn't and you feel the weight of the many things that you've done wrong, God still has grace for you. And that's not a joke. He has grace for every single one of you in this room. And he loves you. And maybe you're not exactly like me, and that's okay. But if you can relate, and maybe you are like me, you know you have sinned, and you honestly feel the weight of that sin right now. And yeah, it's probably bad, but just I think something that we get lost in our minds sometimes is we forget that God still loves us. And so I just want to say, like, God still loves you guys despite that. And back to the the first point, God, despite your sin, despite your shame, chooses to have grace on you when you recognize your sin and your need for him every day. You see here, that's like some amazing truth. The Lord is, is compassionate and gracious. He's slow to anger. He's abounding in love. For the Lord your God is gracious and compassionate. He will not turn your face 
or turn his face from you if you turn if you return to him the apostle paul says my grace is sufficient for you my power is made perfect in weakness therefore i will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that the christ's power may rest on me that even though we were dead because of our sins he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by grace that we have been saved. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We are all justified by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. It is not a work of your own. It is a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. That is all about God. <clears throat> and so, if, let's just hit this. Um, the story of the prodigal son, Luke chapter 15, 11 through 32, it's really not a story about sin. It's, I think, that's where we get messed up. It's really a story about what happens when we are lost. Not when we are bad, but when we are desperately away from God. <clears throat> In a story about, it's, it's, it's a story about what happens when we recognize our sin. You see, this story is a picture of a sinful man distracted by his own sin, <clears throat> deluded and deceived by it, rebelling against a loving heart of the Father, this is a great picture of a loving God who patiently waits and lovingly waits for the return of his son. You see, this story represents two lost sons. They're not slaves. They're not servants, but they're sons. This is like our story, guys. This is us. <clears throat> the true emphasis is not on the sons, but on the father in this story. On God's heart for us. See, the father in this story represents God. His heart for us. It is an unveiling of the heart of God. The central truth of this parable is the picture of the heavenly father's heart of love toward undeserving sinners like you and I. So, the question again, what does God, the creator of the universe... <laughs> Think about you and your sin. Well, <clears throat> God, our Father, despite our sin and shame, chooses to have grace on us, even if we mess up and recognize our sin and our need for him every day. That is God's attribute of grace. And so I want to leave you guys with some questions, some discussion questions. So if guys want to break up into groups of two and three and girls break up in groups of two and three now, you can go ahead and do that. And then uh, there should be two questions up on the screen. And the first one, which we can go and ask is, what are some ways God has been gracious towards you? <clears throat>